Hey, everybody, the Vintage Strength Games are coming to Clayton, North Carolina on June 2nd to the 4th. June 2nd to the 4th. Go to VintageStrengthGames.com for more information and to sign up. Also, make sure you go on Facebook and you join the Vintage Strength Games Facebook group. Go to SleepyMonkeyTrainingAcademy.com to turn your pain into power. Get yourself some sandbags or some weight vests or some cool fitness apparel at freedomstrength.us. Go to freedomstrength.us. When you make your purchase, use the discount code SMN10 to receive your discount. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. This is Fred Moore, and today my guest is Adam Hicks. He's a holistic strength coach for martial artists and aging athletes. He has multiple certifications and a degree in exercise science. He can help people with nutrition. He specializes in healing shoulders. And he's a swinger of and a listener to heavy metal. Welcome to the show, yep. man. Hell yeah. <laughs> I was just Especially, watching a video. You were swinging a seventy-pound uh, club around a steel club uh, uh, to some great metal. Uh, I love that stuff. Um, but yeah, man, a seventy a seventy-pound club is really, really awesome. How did you get so strong? Appreciate it, man. Um, well, steroids. I'm just kidding. No, uh, <laughs> no. Um, well, uh, I guess. How did I get strong? Um, I'd have to start with like like my background with strength training and like just overall my uh, you know my interest in physical culture really started since I was a kid. Uh, so my dad my dad teaches Tang Sudo, which is you know it's kind of like Taekwondo um, form of martial arts. He's been teaching for like fifty years, uh, so I've been like doing that since I was a kid, and you know doing push ups and you know, bodyweight squats in his class and stuff like that. Um, and I've always just been like a hyperactive kid diagnosed since I was six. And my parents just, they kept me involved in sports year round my entire life. Uh, you were, you, you know, just because it's healthy. You said you were diagnosed mm -hmm. with what as a kid? It broke ADHD. up. ADHD. Oh, okay. ADHD. ADHD yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was just always hyperactive and, like, couldn't sit still and whatnot. Um, so, involved in sports and, of course, in sports, like, you know, once I got to middle school, high school, we started, like, getting involved in, like, working out. And, uh, and I was lucky enough to have, like, a, a good strength coach at my high school and taught me uh, how to work out. And so, I was, like, lifting for most, ever since I was, like, probably, like, 13 is when I started, like, lifting weights and stuff like, like that. Traditional um, weightlifting, barbell, yeah, dumbbell. Yeah, but, yeah, like, barbell training stuff. It was definitely for, like, athletic uh, development. I wasn't necessarily powerlifting, but just, you know, getting stronger, bigger, faster, right? Um, 
And yeah, I've always been an athlete growing up and I've always, uh, I've always trained that way. Uh, and then it wasn't actually, uh, my athletic career really didn't start to like go somewhere until college. So, um, I wanted to stay active. Uh, I ran into a guy who invited me to, to come try out rugby, um, <clears throat> Since I grew up playing football and wrestling, I was like, yeah, this sounds fun. And I gave it a try, fell in love with it. And I've been playing rugby ever since for like 11 years now. And um, I played at the college level. I played at the professional level uh, for a brief period of time. Uh, and even though nowadays it's not a, not necessarily a focus right now in this season of life, I still like will come, you know, still play rugby and whatnot. And, so I've always been, I always train in a way where like, I want to sprint fast. I want to be strong. I also want to be injury proof. You know what I mean? And despite my background of like six years of wrestling, nine years of football growing up, uh, 11 years of rugby, played at a high level, uh, my body feels great. Um, you know, not to say I haven't had like my injuries in the past, but like my knees feel great, spine, hips, shoulders, they feel great. And I've played like some pretty uh, hard hitting uh, sports and combat as well. Um, you know, I, currently I also do judo, right? Judo is a thing I've gotten into recently. It's super fun, but it's rough. And um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I started my training uh, looking at ways that like were good for the body where, you know, I was powerlifting and stuff back in like college and I was so stiff mm -hmm. and strong, but stiff and I wasn't running as fast. And I actually, my interest in shoulder health actually started in college. Uh, I was playing the season of rugby and like my shoulder was like really hurting and it got to the point where I was like, man, uh, like I got to take a break. So uh, I took a break for about a month and I looked into it because I was already like I was majoring in exercise science, right? Like I have a degree in exercise science. So it was already something I was interested in. I was researching like what exactly is going on, on my shoulder and I found out some pretty obvious stuff. I was like, oh, I'm not strengthening my upper back, right? So uh, I did a few changes to my exercise program. My shoulder is good as new in a month, right? And it's been fine ever since, right? And then, you know, yeah, so just like my continued approach to strength training uh, also kind of developed where I started getting into yoga, right? Uh, just like, you know, the more like deeper esoteric uh, approaches in my life, like kind of led me in that direction. But like I was, I wasn't really interested in doing like the, you know, the tree pose and like very feminine uh, aspects of yoga. So I did some more research and I looked more into like, you know, what they've been doing in like Indian and Persian phys physical culture for thousands of years, right? And that's where I started learning about the mace. That's when I started learning about the club. I see these when guys was this? For, How long ago was this? This I started looking into this like five years ago, maybe five or six. I was a personal trainer at a gym where there, where the training protocol was very uh, kettlebell based with our group coaching. So I'd learn about kettlebells and I was like, wait a second, kettlebells are awesome. In fact, they're like, I get like more benefit out of them 
with minimal equipment as compared to like doing a million different exercises in like a conventional gym. Yeah. A lot of people say that minimal equipment. Um, I mean, it's uh, hundreds of people I've heard say that. Yeah. Um, so the, would you say kettlebells is the thing that, um, now kind of was the gateway, the gateway drug to get you into steel mace and clubs. Is that how you started looking into, uh, like Eastern, Eastern style training? Yeah, yes and no. And let me let me clarify this, especially with a lot of like the clients that I have and the people who talk to me and stuff like that. Kettlebells are the gateway tool, but I really think the actual gateway is like martial arts. I talk to a lot of guys who are into this style because they do Brazilian jiu jitsu. They do, uh, uh, you know, I just signed up a a client today who does Gutka, which is like an Indian sword fighting uh martial art but he also does jujitsu as well right and you know just like my background as a martial artist like people understand like it requires power but it also requires mobility and it also requires yeah um you know to have bulletproof joints because you don't want to be like twisted and contorted right uh, you know i and- i um i never had a background in martial arts i had a mm-hmm. love of it i had a love of it i always loved what people did with it always thought it was the coolest thing. And when I saw mace training, I thought of martial martial arts. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, it it was something I could get into that was martial arts like that mm-hmm. gave me that, you know, fed that desire that I had for, you know, for martial arts. And it turns out it actually is more like martial arts than it anything else. And when I watch you move um, I see the martial artist in you when I see you swinging a club and everything. It's you're not stiff, um, and your core is really strong, and it looks like you're pulling like the, the earth's energy out of the ground, and you're like harnessing it. That's what I see when I see like a good martial artist or something like That's that. That's awesome, and yeah, that is absolutely. Uh, you you pretty much nailed it. You know what I mean? It's a uh, uh, a lot of like rootedness if we're talking like kind of like esoteric terms here right like and uh like i like to work out barefoot outside you know i'm a i'm a huge hippie you know what i mean so and that's that is exactly my approach you know i remember my dad you know growing up as a kid my dad would be in our backyard barefoot practicing sword um and that was just normal for me and then like as i grew up and i'd have friends over at my house they'd be like yo what the hell is your dad doing (laughs) and i'm like that's just kind of what we've always done you know uh and my dad's like a normal guy you know he's not like some weird out right. there hippie dude, dude you know dude, you got you got to think uh, about it for one second though a lot of these kids fathers you know i'm not trying to say anything negative here but a lot of these kids fathers probably sat on the couch with a beer belly right and <laughs> yeah and they like you know they did like you know what dad does around the house, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, maybe he like puts up a picture or something like yeah. that bangs his, his thumb with a, with the hammer. Meanwhile, your dad's <laughs> yeah. in the yard with a friggin' sword. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, well, it's funny. Cause my dad was also that too. I mean, like if you ever saw him, he just looks like a normal guy. He has a bit yeah. of a pot belly. It's like, I mean, yeah. okay. But, All right. I mean, yeah. But he but, cut I mean, your head off though. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's a trained killer, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's uh, I'm very grateful to have grown up with that. That's kind of, you know, why I always 
want to make sure like my kids are around when I'm working out. I want them to see that because I understand how important it is to be a father figure and um, like living by example and, and being larger than life and, and, uh, and be a legend. You know what I mean? Live a legendary Dude, lifestyle. Yeah, know? that is so cool that you're thinking that way. I, that rings home with me. Like I always think about like my kid is watching me. What should I be doing right now? Because they're going to mimic, right? They're going to mimic what you do. Yeah. Seriously. Just like you mimicked your, your father, you saw what he was doing and that, that kind of got it, uh, cut a groove into your life. And oh, yeah. you got you going. Now, do you, you train at home um, and you coach people at, at your place? Is that where you're doing it? Or do you coach people at a gym or something? So I coach solely online. I, okay. I, uh, I used to coach at a gym. Um, but like once I actually learned about online training, um, it was a win-win because I got a lot of my time back. I have a real flexible schedule. I work from home. Uh, I have clients, you know, in Egypt. I have clients in Canada. I have clients in, you know, France, you know, right? And Mexico. Um, but the thing is that once I moved online and learned how to do it correctly, my clients' results went through the roof better than working with them in a gym. And I was like, okay, this is the way to do it, right? And that is like kind of the direction uh, in uh, personal training that we're going in, uh, in this industry, because it is more effective for everybody involved. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's really cool, man. And you're, you're also, like you said, you're training people in, um, in like Egypt. So that means that you... You have to – well, first of all, you're going to learn – you're going to learn from teaching somebody that uh, maybe they don't speak English as well and you got to, you know, kind of like modify how you approach things. But does this person you have from Egypt, are they like a person who's more well-rooted in Eastern-style training or or did they – were they like everybody else kind of like Western-style training? Um, it's more so a person who wants to learn more Eastern styles. Um, and once again, the reoccurring theme here is people who have like a little bit of a, mar a martial arts background. Right. And now like, I'm not training like, like MMA fighters. I, actually, excuse me. Yeah, I, I do have a few. Right. But like, but even people who just casually have a little bit of a background in martial arts, they have an understanding of like physical culture and meditation. Right. Um, and so that's why they come to me. Um, so even my client in Egypt, I mean, like, you know, he's done like traditional Western style of training in the past. He wanted to get in shape, but also like had some aches and pains from a past motorcycle accident that he wanted to fix up, uh, and just find wanted a more holistic approach to strength training that will, uh, heal his body, but get him strong as hell. Right. Uh, so that's why he came to me. Right. Um, and that's a recurring theme with most of the people I work with. Wow. That's great. Mm -hmm. So, uh, when you, um, when you got into steel mace, steel, well, it was steel mace is the first thing you got into, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got into okay. steel mace, got certified in steel mace flow. Um, you know, through Leo Savage's program, that was the first, uh, steel mace certification I got. That's where right. I started. Yeah. So do you, you, you're a steel mace flow certified, um, level one or did you get level two as well level one okay yeah that's that's what i got yeah are you mm -hmm. thinking about doing level two at all no um 
I'm not. Uh, yeah. Steel. I'm glad I learned steel mace flow, and I'm really grateful for like Leo Savage's approach. Um, but I, I will say that like I actually have like kind of a different approach to steel mace flow. Um, that yeah. I don't really see. Yeah, it's hard to explain. I'm actually. I used to have um, a project that I'm probably going to revive at some point. But I used to have a project called Dragon Flow, um, and it was my my approach to steel mace flow where it was more of like almost a yoga martial arts approach more a little bit more esoteric uh but it was strength training nonetheless and all you needed was a light mace um and i was doing a few classes here and there like like live in person um but you know decided to right now focus more on my training business but i might revive that and that is um like i said it's like I just I just have a certain vision with steel mace flow that I don't really see anyone else do, um, even though I respect everyone's style. Uh, but I really, yeah, that's why I don't want to get another level two. I really want to do my own thing with that and see where that goes. You know, I would be very curious to see what this is. I would I would love to see what you got. I hope you do revive the dragon, so to speak, and and make that happen. That's, that's really the way cool. to put it. Yeah, I mean, you could check out my stuff. Uh, I, I had a, I still have an Instagram profile. It's called Dragon Flow Yoga, dragon.flow.yoga. And that's kind of like my older stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's a little bit of a hint of what it looked like. That's that's still, people could go and check that out right now at dragonflow.yoga. Yeah. And also, it's, while we're at it, might as well let everybody know what your other Instagram handle is. It's uh, at hmm. Adam the shoulder coach at Adam dot the shoulder coach. And also might as well point out um, that you're running a, uh, a deal right now, uh, 16 weeks uh, and you'll, uh, you'll help people lose body fat. Um, mm -hmm. So people, is that like a limited offer right now? Or do you um, plan on running that for a while? Oh yeah. Well, allow me to explain that a little further. So what I do on, let me change my camera. Yeah. While you're fixing your camera, I also have to point out that your smoke detector, you know, I'm a fireman. I have to do this. Your smoke detector is, is not it's open. <laughs> I caught you. My, 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 okay. That motherfucker started beeping in the middle of the night and I like just got up, just ripped it out and then went back to bed. <laughs> I do the same thing when it goes off. My yeah. wife's like, you're a fireman. Why would you do that? I'm like, cause I want to go to sleep. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, but yeah. Man, right, so no, tell so us about your 16 week deal. So just to clarify, what I do really is strength coaching. That's what I specialize as, getting people stronger and pain-free. Um, an aspect of that as well is, you know, losing body fat, right? I, like, I have some clients who are, their main goal is to drop body fat. So I help them with that as well through not only my approaches of exercise, but like, you know, tracking their nutrition and helping them with nutrition and stuff. Um, weight loss for sure. Yeah, I'm really good at that. But my main thing is getting just getting people strong. What my program looks like, it's 16 weeks for anybody. It's not really a special. It's just what I do. It's like a four-month commitment to where we really uh, put you through a solid habit of strength training. Um, but for some people, like we can go longer if we feel that uh, that they need to go longer, right? Uh, more long-term. Um but yeah, absolutely. What I do is I get people stronger, I get them out of pain, and I get them lean 
through holistic methods um, that they can use for the rest of their life well into old age. That's what I do. That sounds awesome. So people mm -hmm. can uh, DM you or do you have a website? They can DM me. Yeah, they can DM me. That um, My Instagram is pretty much my main page. You can, anyone who is interested and want to know further, they can click the link that's in my bio and it'll send them to my coaching application and then get them on the phone with me. Uh, and then we see if they qualify for my approach. Okay. So they need to talk to you to see if they qualify. But when you say qualify, are you just saying, uh, like, you know, depending on their health or, like, if they have injuries or stuff? What's right, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, like, because I specialize in shoulder and spine health. Um, but, like, you know, I can't help everybody. If someone comes to me and they're like, hey, Adam, um, like, I'm – you know, I'm in a wheelchair or something. I'm like, well, man, I'm not sure if I could help you. You know what I mean? Like if right. someone's dealing with, um, yeah, I just need to make sure that like they are someone that I can help. Cause I would never be like, yeah, give me your money. If I don't think I can absolutely help you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. You want to, you want to help people get the results that they deserve and everything. And I, I noticed, uh, you do have, um, on your Instagram, I, I saw you had, uh, some, uh, some of your clients, uh, pictures of them, some dudes who, who lost some weight and everything. Pretty impressive, man. There was, uh, one guy in there, he had a real mean look. I was like, oh yeah, he's got the edge, you know, another guy, you know, he, he, he leaned out a lot. So it looks like, you know, you have a good system and, um, I, I, I think you're, you're, uh, you know, batting 100 with that one so appreciate it man yeah man um now we keep talking about eastern and western style training and um this is fascinating to me um mm -hmm. i like you know you you mentioned that you research ancient styles of strength training and the more and more i i research it and you you let me know if if you agree with me here the more and more I look into what the Vikings used to do, what the Persians used to do for training, they were more badass than probably anybody today, almost, almost, you know, except for these real elite types um, that, you know, are like right. deadlifting a thousand pounds or something like that. But uh, stone lifting and uh, training with, with mace and, and uh, or gata, I should say. So, what stands out to you as the biggest um, biggest pro out of Eastern training over Western? Like, what's the what's what's what can you say is the best thing that Eastern style training has that beats Western style training? Um, yeah, it decompresses the body. Uh, there's multiple aspects to it, but the main difference I noticed is that it decompresses the body. Yeah. And so, go ahead. Well, with that though, um, does it, does it, how does it, sorry, I'm asking the question, so screw it up. Uh, how does it help you get stronger? If, if say Western style training is, the end-all, be-all, this is how you get the strongest. How does Eastern style actually help? Yeah, so that's a good question. So basically, it's the overall goal uh, is a little bit different in Western styles as opposed to Eastern styles. 
So if you look at like ancient Persians, right, um, these ancient Pallavans who would get together um, to train with each other, the main purpose of training was for combat, was for war, right? Um, it, was, it, it was predicted that in a single battle, you know, and I'm talking like swords and axes kind of battle, uh, you know, a warrior would swing swing his weapon up to 8,000 times, right? And, like, this is, like, powerfully, like, fighting for their life, trying to kill people, right? In the same fashion, you know, I mean, throwing, swinging an axe, the same movement. So imagine if I told you, hey, I want you to get a baseball. I want you to as hard as you can 8,000 times in a row or you'll die, right? You'll probably mess up your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So your body has to be conditioned for that. So they started getting these heavy clubs and moving them in the same fashion that they swing their um, their weapons, right? And so it was first about functionality, okay? Um, but the thing is, is that in Western styles of training, of course, yeah, there's like functionality, right? Well, like there's a lot of functional training nowadays. It's actually more, more of a newer thing. Yeah. But over the past 100 years, it was really about like just bodybuilding, right? Um, getting those bigger muscle groups to be big and strong, right? Um, and it was more of like an aesthetic, right? Uh, you know, everyone knows Arnold Schwarzenegger with the big chest, right? A big chest does not serve you. Even Coach Louis Simmons from Westside Barbell, he said people would come in with big old pecs and they would all their pec whenever they're trying to PR and bench press because he's like, a big chest does not help you. You need big triceps, Right. And that's even an aspect coach Louis Simmons. Right. And he's he's legendary, legendary strength coach. Right. Probably the best. I've studied a lot of his stuff. Coach Louis Simmons would study these Eastern styles of strength training. He had elite power lifters doing Indian club rotations for five minutes straight. Mm -hmm. Right. One of the things he bragged about is that my. My lifters are not only the strongest but they're the least prone to injury because he used clubs because yeah. he, I believe he used the maze. He even used like uh, even his sled, uh, his sled work, right. Uh, you know, uh, the knees over toes guy, Ben Patrick, he's loved his stuff. I, I actually, he actually has a lot of similar aspects where he has studied Eastern strength training methods that he applies to knee health. Right. Uh, Louis Simmons was doing that before him. Louis Simmons was studying. Um, these loggers for, I believe it was Norway, you know, they'd be cutting down trees, tie a rope around their waist and on the tree and backpedal out of the forest to get the tree out. And these people had immaculate knee health and jacked legs. Right. Uh, yeah. And this is like right. European. Yeah. This is, you know, European, um, Asian countries, a lot of stuff like that. So, um, <clears throat> that's the main difference there is that traditionally speaking, Western styles, which has really only been around for like a hundred years, it's more about aesthetics. It's about looking big, looking strong, bench press, deadlifts, whatever, right? Where Eastern styles of training that have been around for thousands of years um, were very functionally based, but at the same time as a holistic approach to the body in the same way that they approached yoga, right? It was not about just the body. It was about mind, body, soul. All right. It was not only that, but these are practices that like children could do as well as the elders. Right. Right. One of the things that was really cool, I've learned through, um, you know, I'm certified in Persian yoga. Right. And that's one thing I learned in like the sport of Zorkane is that 
you know, these, this is like a men's gathering where they would dance and work out together. And these methods, even the swinging the clubs and doing the push-ups and the calisthenics, you would have adult men, you would have their children, and you would have the elders all doing the same thing, right? So what's the point of working out if you can only do it when you're in your and healthy until you screw up your back, right? The whole point of Eastern style of strength training is the is, is the style of being healthy and strong and fit well into old age. Because otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. Makes right. sense? Yeah. And I, and you know, I think people get sucked into the bodybuilding thing. They want to look, they want to look kind of like that guy in the video or on the magazine. And um, they're, they're looking at something that's so specific. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like, you know, only, only being a road cyclist and riding your bike all the time and not doing anything else, how you get kind of sucked into this, locked into a, a, a specific thing all the time where you're not training other parts of your body. So you have a lot of weaknesses in other places, right? You have, you have leaks and things and, yeah. you, and you start to develop injuries and stuff. And you mentioned, um, about the people in Norway dragging the logs out backwards. And I believe, I, I believe that was Norway. I could be wrong. So, but it was a, uh, I know it's an Eastern European country, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So they, they would, uh, they're going backwards. So you could do that with a sled. Um, but what I learned was that basketball players tend not to have the same type of problems with knee injuries like other sports do and they think it's because of them going backwards all the time they're always running backwards so that, that you know that's a theory that you know that's what's saving their knees from certain injuries mm -hmm. yeah uh yeah that is a good point too and <clears throat> to add to that you know i've noticed that before right uh of course like you know you don't really see knee injuries happen too often in basketball. I mean, it happens, right? Like yeah. everyone remembers when, when Derrick Rose hurt his knee, right? But um, it's rare compared to other sports, right? Yeah. And I've noticed that as well and asked that. And I mean, these guys are playing like three games a week. You know what I mean? Basketball season, I swear, it takes like nine months or something. I'm not a basketball player, but I feel like it's always on, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> it's like LeBron James, who was like, uh, what, late 30s? He's still rocking. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it kind of makes you ask these questions. And the, one, of the, one of the things I do believe is the case is that, yes, backwards running is involved because they are going forwards and backwards. And they're not, they're not doing the same motion all the time, which builds up in balance, right? Yes. Um, but also, also it involves a lot of like the natural motion and mechanics of the human body. We are naturally and evolutionarily designed to walk, run, sprint, and throw. That is what has gotten us here today, right? Um, specifically with shoulder health. That's what I've learned is that what has biologically gotten us here today as an apex species uh, compared to like other primates is that our shoulder is literally made to throw or yeah. to swing a weapon because we've done it for thousands of years. And even when we were early hominids, we started throwing rocks at stuff to kill it. We started like, you know, uh, fighting off territory and protecting ourselves just with a stick, right? And that is what got us here today. Um, and when we look at sports like basketball, there's a lot of walking and running forwards and backwards. And our body is also 
designed to do that very well. So I think that's one of the reasons why as well. Yeah, and jumping too, which is, you know. Jumping, jumping, yeah. Yeah, be, having that capability to jump is 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 huge. And uh, hunters, long time ago, literally would throw rocks at like the head of an animal, like small animals, and mm -hmm. knock them out. And I mean, you have. Go to adxclub.com to purchase a steel mace or a steel club that's adjustable, made right here in the United States. To be a good, uh, you, you have to have good throw, good aim to be able to do that. Yeah, or you'd starve, you know what I mean? Exactly, so, right. Evolutionarily speaking, like our bloodlines would favor those who are really good throwers. Um, I actually read something uh recently on the study of how human beings biologically there's a part of our brain that really lights up when it comes to like aiming following and throwing because that's what's got us here right if, if, yeah. if you weren't able to throw a spear if you weren't able to throw a rock and kill something you're going to starve and you're definitely not going to reproduce you know what i mean yeah that is so cool and also um being able to track Right, you're tracking, you're aiming, and you're throwing, but tracking an animal like um, as it's moving along, you have to kind of, you have to think ahead of the animal. Like, okay, if it's moving like with this kind of gait and it has this speed, so you could throw slightly ahead of it while it's running. Um, mm -hmm. That really takes a lot of concentration, and and like you said, it lights up your your brain. Now, Specifically. Specifically in men. Did you know that? Oh, no. Yeah. Really? That, I, I learned this from like a psychologist that I follow. She actually said, I believe it's like the, the frontal cortex in men is specifically designed ever since we're little boys, specifically designed to track and chase. And this is really important, more so going into like kind of like men's work and purpose, uh, because men are literally designed to chase purpose. Uh, so, like, when you have guys who have no purpose in life, that's when they really – things are not working out for them um, because we were literally designed to chase. Um, right. That's a whole that, other topic, you know. Wow, dude, I'm, that is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I want, yeah, I want you to mind. come back yeah. on the podcast to talk about that next time because um, yeah. that is so – that's such a great way to help somebody who's kind of stuck in life. You, you kind of explain to them, well, you know, look, as hunters back in the ancient times, this is what we did. And, and you see why it's important to, to, to chase something, to go after something, to pursue something. I think that's, yeah. that's awesome. So now yeah. you're, you're the shoulder coach. And one of, one of my pet peeves uh, when I started this podcast was, um, you know, when I was swinging mace and everything, people would always make comments like, oh, that's going to destroy your shoulders. That's going to mess yeah, you man. up. <laughs> and so yeah. it kind of made me realize I haven't been asking this question a lot. So um, how many people's shoulders have completely exploded on you when you train with uh, clubs and mace? Zero. <laughs> Zero. And, and tell me this. Uh, have you had people – come with bad shoulders uh you know injuries and stuff like that and then you introduced these rotational movements and what happened 
they're good as new. You know what I mean? Or, or at least like like significantly have improved their chronic pain, specifically in the shoulder and thoracic spine. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's funny because like when people are like, oh, you can mess up your shoulder like that. I, man, people used to tell me that all the time. We're like, like, hey man, that, doing all that stuff is cool. But like, man, are you, are you sure you don't dislocate your shoulder doing that? And I'm like, dude, people literally come to me to fix their shoulders and I have them do that. Yeah. Like, um, and that's just because like, it's a lack of understanding of shoulder anatomy. A lot of people think that we're like, uh, like an action figure, you know what I mean? We're like, that's like the only moving part when actually we have a floating scapula, right? So it's made to allow us to have a full range of motion and still be stable in those ranges of motion. Oftentimes, if I had to narrow down the main reason why people have shoulder issues that come to me is because just in modern movement and the things we do in, in modern days, their scapula is just stiff. It's just not mobilized, which that their humerus or the glenohumeral joint takes on all that pressure. So if you're like swinging a tennis racket, right? Um, all that force is going straight there instead of moving with the shoulder blade. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And um, I, I had this, uh, I had Mark Wildman on the podcast uh, nice. last year. And he, uh, we talked about this, you know, I, I asked him the same question. I said, what, you know, why are we blowing up our shoulders and killing ourselves? You know, and he laughed and he says, it's, it's throwing, you're, you're, you're throwing, it's the simulation of throwing. And, mm -hmm. you know, like you just got done saying, you know, throwing um, is an inherent thing in, in our, in our physique and everything. So, um, it, yeah, when you look at it that way, how could you even think it's going to hurt your shoulders? You know, provided you you train properly, you're not going to swing the heaviest mace in the world or a 70-pound right. club until you do the 10 and the 15 and everything. Right, um, yeah. If, if I've never deadlifted before and tried to just pick up 400 pounds not knowing how to do it, yeah, definitely hurt myself, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, with, with – um, this style training you're you're helping people's shoulders and what do your clients say to you after you know they've had shoulder problems and you introduce them to these new techniques are they jumping for joy or or is it just like yeah whatever like how, how what's their reaction to it after it starts to all come together once it all starts to come together um i'm i mean like i've seen like huge improvements like in fact like i often hear i get people doing the most basic movements man like i mean not basic as in like we all know how to do it but like basic to me where like steel mace 360s um uh, you know I, I do a lot of like basic steel club work on my program um you know kettlebell swings cleans presses and stuff like that and i, I have people do that and like Two weeks later, they're like, man, like 90% of my pain has gone away. And I'm like... Two weeks later. I, I have a lot of people. I mean, it's not always the case, right? Yeah. But like, I've had a lot of people. I know one client particularly who had lower back pain and his shoulders were stiff. And, but like his pain was really, really bugging him on lower back. One, like after week one, he messed with me. He was like, man, like 90% of my lower back pain has subsided. And I was that, like, well, it, like to me, it blows my mind because he's doing the most basic stuff that just seems simple to me. Right. You know what I mean? 
And, yeah. and like, yeah, like, I mean, uh, about a year ago, I actually just ended with this one client because I've been training him for like a year. He's really, his name's Justin. I'm super grateful for him because he's a friend of mine and um, he's really what made me realize that like these methods heal people. Because Justin came to me and he was like, hey man, I've got two bulge discs in my lower spine. Um, I have a right elbow issue. Um, my shoulders are fucked. Um, you know, he, I, I believe he said he had some knee pain as well. And I was like, man, uh, look, I'm just going to give it the best shot. That's, I don't know. You know what I mean? And so I had him doing my methods. And after like the first like two months, he, I was like, so how are you feeling, man? And he was like, my shoulders feel good as new. He was like, my lower back pain, I don't have lower back pain anymore. And like, yeah, I just finished up with him. And he was like, uh, he was like, man, I'm so grateful for you because like I am pain free and strongest I've ever been in my entire life. And he's trained before. trainers. He's worked out, you know, traditional Western styles before. And like, yeah, that's when I realized I was like, wait a second. Like people need to know about this. So it's kind of started there. Yeah. That's uh so what are what are your like uh core uh training methods you like to sort of use with people that you know you think are the you know first first steel club first steel mace that kind of stuff what are the things that you think people really need to focus the most on and and you coach them through it what they need to focus the most on uh you mean like just the most basic efficient exercises to get started with yeah but it's something that's uh gonna carry through like you know staple exercises that uh you think uh, everybody should be using regularly right okay yeah staple exercises well for sure the mace 360 right i mean that is like your first introduction um to thoracic extension right well try not to complicate this answer right but uh really it's like with the steel club cast okay that's that's actually going to be your first introduction to thoracic extension yeah okay um and of course the 360 right uh and i would say single arm kettlebell swings are a big one that i specifically program uh for my clients um the single arm kettlebell swing probably one of the most efficient kettlebell exercises you could do if you only did that um as far as like a kettlebell movement, if that was the only kettlebell movement you did was just heavy one-arm swings. Why one arm? Uh, yeah, specifically one arm. I, I read a study uh, conducted where single arm swings produced 110% more contraction in the lats and the glutes and the core as opposed to two arm swing, right? How now, much? That is with the same weight. 110%, 110%. right? Okay. Yeah, 110%. So it actually, like, overloaded yeah. um, the contraction, which is a very good thing, right? Um, and not only that, but, like, it's, you know, it's a contralateral, I believe the term is. So you have to actually work against the rotation of the force, which creates more core engagement. And the thing is, talking about natural human motion here, right, when we're walking, running, throwing – a lot of it has to do with the diagonal kinetic chain of the body, right? Yeah. Right arm, left leg, 
right? They work together in one kinetic chain. Whenever you pitch, whenever you throw, right? The thing is, when you do a single arm kettlebell swing, you're working this right lat in your left glute. Yes. So you, it's, it's coming diagonally across the body. When you're doing more motions that connect that chain, it brings you back to the biomechanical origins of your body. And when you do that, that's what heals a lot of people's spine and shoulder and hip and knee issues. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it also I'm... gets you like, it also gets you like stupid strong. Like, dude, I'll do single arm swings and I swear it's made me stronger in every, every single thing. Yeah. Now you also mentioned yeah. uh, a, a club cast, bringing it mm -hmm. over your head and then coming down. And, mm -hmm. um, that is a, a really good exercise. I've been using it for a while. And um, the thing about it, though, is I think uh, when you coach somebody how to do that, there is a lot that they really need to know. Because otherwise, it's sort of like one of those exercises that doesn't really do much unless mm -hmm. you're doing it right. Like you're engaging the core mm -hmm. and, and really trying to um, get the most out of it. What would you say is one or two big points to remember when doing a cast? One or two big points to remember is hmm, when doing a cast to breathe and to engage the core. Yeah. Uh, I would say those would be the big points. Right. Uh, the cast, uh, when specifically talking about breathing, right? This is our first introduction. Well, at least like, you know, when I'm teaching somebody, this is like kind of the first introduction into ancient club work and the origins of, of the club, where that is, there is a crossover of that into yoga. It was a yoga practice, right? Persian yoga, right? Palavani, right? It is a club practice of like movement meditation. So when we open up our diaphragm, right, you can see me from the side, when we create that thoracic extension, it's just like when we yawn, all right? It opens our ribs, opens our lungs, opens our heart, right? And this expands diaphragm and it releases anxiety and tension, right? That's why we naturally do that when we yawn. Same thing when you cast a club, Okay. Yeah. So breathing with that is important because you inhale with the open diaphragm, exhale with contraction, pulling your ribs in, triceps, lats, upper back, you name it, right? So that helps us to move fluidly through this motion, but it also makes it a little bit kind of kind of meditative, right? Um, same thing, you know, once you get, you know, that overhead uh, cast in the sagittal plane, that's when you can start working your way towards rotational movement, right? The gamma cast, right? The mace 360, right? And that, because those are a little bit more advanced if you don't understand the concept of thoracic extension in the shoulder. Um, but yeah, and like those are the meditative dance of strength that they've done for thousands of years, right? So it comes with understanding breathing, right? And of course, you know, Contracting the core, right? Um, this is mostly, it's for the club cast, but also with Mace 360s, one of the main, thing I, main things I don't see people do is pull their ribs in, right? Because you got to pull, 
right? You got to pull in. And I see people like doing this with their hips out in front of them. And it's all wonky. You're supposed to be connecting that, uh, that kinetic chain between your shoulders through the spine and the core and the hips, right? That's why it looks like such a dance because you're moving fluidly through multitude of different, uh, uh, quadrants of the body. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but it starts with engaging the core, right? That's the, I mean, that's just, it's a very common thing. I know you understand that, but the thing is that our core, you, you, you talk about like certain movements that like we create like weak links in our chain. Oftentimes people, when they don't engage their core, that's a dissip- that's a dissipation of that kinetic energy, right? Just like, you know, if you do a kettlebell overhead press, and your belly is just soft, right? Then a lot of that energy is going out that way. Yeah. But when you pull in the ribs, engage the core, boom, now you're way stronger in your overhead press. It applies to every other aspect. So it's that engagement of the core. That's the main thing. Um, yeah, I feel like you know, it's probably obvious for you, but for a lot of people, surprisingly, it's not. Well, yeah, but it, it's obvious, but, you know, I – I'm at a stage where I catch myself when I'm not engaging my core and then I correct mm-hmm. it. But um, sometimes I don't do it. So it's, it's one of those things where you have to continually um, remind yourself and keep practicing these things. But when you see people training and they're not engaging their core, you could quickly see how, how, like I think you said earlier, the word wonky, everything gets wonky and mm-hmm. Like I said earlier about watching your videos, you you look like you're rooted or grounded, and that's actually happening because of your core engagement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then the other engagement. thing too is is now you're you're training people uh, to to use clubs, and you are using heavy clubs. Uh, a lot of people like to use heavy clubs out there. You need to you need to build up on that learning to engage your core because uh it's like when i see see that video of you using a 70 pound club if your core isn't engaged that thing's gonna just chew you up it's just you're gonna lose it it's gonna it's gonna pull you over right oh yeah oh my gosh yeah yeah dude i remember when i when i first got that 70 pounder from uh great lakes area i i picked it up and i was like oh all right i hope i didn't like uh, over uh, under underestimate this right but, yeah I remember when I first picked it up into like a ballistic clean to that front hold right there. I was like, holy shit. Because, um, one second. Um, I was like, holy shit. I had to engage to a whole nother degree in my core, in my lats, in the stabilization of my body. The tension that was created just from like trying to stabilize that 70 pounder. I was like, holy shit. And then like just the basic movements, you know, like the clean, the rotational clean, right? getting into those oh my god um a whole nother level of engagement which is really awesome because your neural circuitry just goes just lights up so whenever you pick something like that then you know i'll pick up my 45 pound club and it feels like a freaking bowling ball pin you know um yeah yeah so i trust me it was definitely daunting when i first picked that thing up um you know it's and it's still super heavy (laughs) Yeah, um, right. It's always going to be heavy. Yeah. So, the, mm-hmm. but this is this is why people should be hiring coaches because you, you need to challenge yourself. The obviously by your story, 
this 70 pound club uh, forced you to, you know, have to take full command of all your faculties and everything. It put you in a little bit of a position on the edge. And that's sometimes where you need to go when you want to really learn how to engage your core. Um, you need somebody that's going to push you or, you know, just teach you the right techniques. So that yeah. is. Yeah. It teach, teaching the right techniques for sure. But just to clarify, like my, obviously my approach to club work is like, I like heavy clubs. Uh, yeah. That is actually a little, uh, that's a little, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, uh, I'm a bit of, like, for traditional club work, typically you want to be, go light, right? Because it's originally made for like more like conditioning. Like I said, 8,000 swings predicted in battle. Like, so they're not like trying to swing the biggest clubs in there. Yeah. It's really for like an extended period of time. Whenever I do Persian yoga, I try to do, you know, um, the meal star Navasti. I try to do that, the, like the, um, for the four count meal. Um, I try to do that for like 108 reps at a time. Like, you know what I mean? Like steady. Um, and even if you look in like Karlaka Thai, which is like the ancient like South Indian club practice where it's like usually single club work. Um, you know, it's a very like a medium weight club and you're supposed to be doing these like rotations for eight reps straight. Right. And it's actually frowned upon to like to ego lift with that. But the thing is that in my program, um, I, I, it's designed that you start out with like a relatively light club. I've started most people on a 25 pound steel club, right? Cause, yeah. which is heavy for one hand, but everything we do is mostly two handed with the, with our, with my program. Okay. Um, and then they learn those rotational cleans, ballistic cleans, right? We make sure they can cast well with that. Well, and then they put in a large volume of reps and then once they're ready, then they earn the right to go to a heavier club. But my movements I do with my steel club programming, it's designed to have you start moving like a heavy club um, and a relatively an, uh, a, a smart amount of time, right? But relatively short. Yeah, that's awesome. That's mm -hmm. um, that's that's what it what the the basic um, love of the of the modality. That's where where you get the best um feelings out of it and uh the best results so that's mm -hmm. that's uh really good um anything else uh you want the audience to know before we uh sign off adam oh uh, well first of all man uh as my first podcast that i've ever been invited on uh this is super fun definitely like let's do again sometime because like I, yeah. I really enjoy talking about everything man i would like to ask you more questions we can get into deeper topics um well, you can do that when you start out, your but, podcast uh, <laughs> well I, like i thought but, about maybe i'd do a podcast but like what would i talk about just working out you know like do yeah. people want to yeah i yeah. guess i guess well um, i i really enjoy um doing that on this on this show because i i where do you learn about this style of training um you know if it wasn't for the internet we wouldn't even know each other exist and everything so i mean it's 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 incredible stuff to really talk about if you're into this stuff uh yeah it's it's great to talk about but yeah, yeah definitely uh come back on um and 
you know, I always invite guests back because there's so much more we can talk about. For sure. Uh, as far as like, uh, you know, I do want to let people know um, I'm actually about to post about this today, but I'm now doing a scholarship program, right? Uh, basically, I'm going to select uh, one person uh, for four months, my 16-week program, free one-on-one -on -one coaching, right? Totally free uh, if they qualify, right? And then I'm going to select five people on a partial scholarship for that. Um, just a little, just a little thing to uh, you know uh, get my business going and get get more people, um, you know, get moving, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So if anyone's interested, if you know, if they deal with chronic pain, especially in the shoulder and upper spine, um, if you know they're they feel weak, they feel fragile, right? Maybe they got some uh, body fat they need to lose. Um, then you qualify, right? So just click the link in my bio and fill out my application. And then I'm going to see who qualifies and whatnot. And I'm going to pick uh, the winners. So yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Scholarship giveaway. That is really cool, man. That's awesome. I hope that um, somebody jumps on that because, you know, they could get some really good info information and, and get uh, a good jump on their, on their health and fitness. So totally, man. Yeah. I'm always looking to help people. Of course, I want to grow my business. Uh, but I always look to grow my business by like giving to people and helping people out. And I believe that is the authentic way to build, um, to build trust with people. Right. Um, yeah. yeah Cause I don't want, I'm, I'm not here to just take people's money. Like I want to like change the world, make a difference with people. And, uh, so, yeah, I'm just providing different things for those who, like, may not have the money but really need the help, right? Yeah, that is cool. And that, and there's a, another theme that I noticed with a lot of uh, steel mace coaches and uh, in the wanting to help people. Um, that is ingrained, like, like you've got this – you have this little bit of knowledge, right? And you want to share it with somebody because you know how impactful it could be on their life. And I, I just commend you for um, thinking that way and, um, mm -hmm. you know, being, being cool like that. And I notice our community has a lot of people in it who are willing on going an extra mile like that to help people. So mm -hmm. good for you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, um, I also have a shoulder rehab protocol for any, obviously most people that come to me, like have some sort of shoulder issue. Not everyone can afford my services. That's totally okay. I have a, a protocol with like very basic movements that will for sure heal, heal your shoulders in most cases. Um, is this, is it is this with a steel mace my, or club? It's actually for Indian clubs, steel mace, um, light Persian meal, right? I have like resources where to buy all these things on the protocol. Um, but it's also like body weight movements that you'll be doing. You can do all of them or just one, right? But they'll all work. I'm selling my link tree for $200, but you know what, man? I'm actually probably just going to start giving away for free. Um, just something to help people out. You know, I really want to focus on my one-on-one -on -one coaching. That's what's going to give people the most benefit. And if someone can't afford it, I can at least give them something to get them started, you know? And you can find that on your link tree? Yeah, yeah. Click the link on my Instagram bio and they can find it there. All right. That's great. So everybody check that out. Uh, check the show notes below. Uh, there'll be a link there to Adam's Instagram page. So you could uh, you could check that out or just go to adam.theshouldercoach 
um, on Instagram. Adam, yeah, thank man. you. Appreciate it. And yeah, uh, definitely uh, look to come back on in the future and we will do it again. Yeah, man, I enjoyed this. And like, I feel like there's way more that I would like to cover with you. You know what I mean? Go back yeah. and forth with. Yeah. So. And then also you're, you're going to be on another podcast. That's which, which podcast is that going to be? Yeah, I'm going to be on podcast with Colin Lake, owner of Great Lakes Geria, um, Friday. And yeah, just chatting with him. They right. have freaking awesome, awesome tools. My favorite kettlebells is from Great Lakes Geria. Pretty much all my kettlebells are from Great Lakes Geria. Um, their, their rotational tools are badass as well. Um, and just looking forward to getting to know and shooting the shit with a guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. If anybody's listening to this and then you want to, you know, to see what, um, you know, Adam discusses over at the other podcast, because, you know, it might, it might be a whole other, um, avenue of information for you that, uh, you could just kind of build off of and, and get to know Adam better. So, mm -hmm. um, do that and thanks for coming on and uh, I'll talk to you soon and uh, good luck with everything and keep training hard and, and we'll see you. Thank you, brother. I uh, feel honored for you to bring me on here. So thank you. Uh, it's an honor having you on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks yeah, everybody yep, for uh, tuning in again and uh, make sure you like, share, follow, do all that stuff. Uh, help the podcast uh, get some traction. All right, everybody, take care. Later, Adam. Later, man. See you.